Hello and welcome to Room Escape Divas, your podcast on everything escape rooms. Look at us. We're like all live on a Zoom. Nobody, if you are listening to this audio-wise, you might not be able to see it, but we are all on a Zoom because it's much easier this way and everybody was able to join in. And we are super excited today because we have Kelly and Adams on. Has that always been your last name? Oh my goodness. <laughs> it hasn't it hasn't because because the, the patriarchy um so uh, yeah no my my name is actually uh pletcher i've been married for like 10 years but you know oh. adams it's like ad which means that i'm always first on every list so uh yeah so so i've been saying like adams pletcher oh oh okay I was because I was just about to say Pletcher because I, th- I I actually knew your last name and then I looked up at the Zoom and it just said Kelly Adams. I was like, I oh, no, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> no, I got I've got a couple of them here. I'm just gonna say Carol Hemingway. There we go. <laughs> now it's gonna so, really mess us up. I know, right? She's the ASPMC <laughs> board president. I'm just gonna fix oh. that. Oh, anyway, yeah. we will get into that. And my name is Errol. I'm Amanda. I'm Ruby. And I'm not lagging, but it was funny to do that. <laughs> and we have, as I said before, we now, I, now I don't know what to call you, but we have Kellyan, and she is part of Green Door Labs, who put out a Kickstarter, the American Society for the Protection of Magical Creatures, and it got funded, and then she pulled in all these wonderful people to work on it, and... And she released her first game not too long ago, and I thought it'd be great to have her on. And, you know, it almost might sound like it's self-serving because I was also one of those designers there, but we won't talk about me too much. We're mostly going to talk about <laughs> Kelly and Welcome, Kelly. Sure. So, Errol, you told me to talk only about you, right? Is that what this email said? No, no, no. Talk if, about my design. I think most people will know that I can happily talk about myself for That's hours. That's usually what so. ends up happening. <laughs> oh. So, well, no, I mean, it's, it's just Carol your and your name. Amanda and see what happens. <laughs> I'm going to, anyways, it's great to have you on, Kellyanne, and how are you doing? Good, good. I'm doing great now. I mean, you know, as well as can be expected for the end of the world, you know. Um, and you just is, launched ASPMC, and you must I be just, yes. pretty happy about that. Oh, man, it's so nice to have that game out. So um, before we go any further, maybe we should tell people what it is and... It, it actually took me two months, so I've also been in problem, involved in the project, and I could never get this acronym right, and it took me two months to finally learn it. So I had to really focus. <laughs> <laughs> I had to be like, I'm learning this now. But then when you get it, you know, it kind of rolls off the tongue. Yes, yes. So ASPMC. tell us a little bit about the ASPMC. Sure. So uh, the ASPMC, as you may know, um, is the American Society for the Protection of Magical Creatures, um, and... Spoiler alert, I, you know, happen to have a designer from Canada, and they also happen to have um, some other people that I'm talking to in Canada. Um, So it's entirely possible that we may expand to the North American Society for the Protection of Magical Creatures, possibly, possibly. But, uh, and then it'll be the NASPMC. That's no, no more. <laughs> oh, no. Add an extra letter. Um, yeah, so uh, so this was something that I created back in 2017 with Lizzie Stark. 
um, who is, uh, you know, head of a Stark Interactive, and she's a LARPer and a, and a writer, actually. She's got two, uh, two books out. And we built this production that we called Save the Munbacks. And I've got the Save the Munbacks stuff behind me. I just learned how to use my green screen for Zoom, so I was very excited about that. And uh, it was like, oh, it's just one of my all-time favorite things that I've ever built. Um, you know, despite the fact that I have Club Drosselmeyer every year, you know, Club Drosselmeyer is my baby. Um, but still, the ASPMC possibly is the best game that I, that I, that I ever worked on um, because it was just so beautiful. We worked at this uh, mansion out in Milton, Massachusetts, and we took over this mansion and we filled it with the art of Hillary Scott. And you can kind of see Hillary Scott's art behind me. Um, right here, this is a fairy pump. And so you see the little, the little head. It's like a noxious fairy pump. Um, Sorry, they a fairy pump? It pumps out fairies? No, that's how you catch fairies. Because, oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Otherwise known as the Northern Scottish Goblin or Scottish uh, Hobgoblin, and they just have filthy mouths. Let me tell you, like you don't want to hear those guys. Like the second they open their mouth, you're just like, oh, just cover your ears. Um, and so they have to be caught and put in these small containment units. Um, and this is how you catch them: is that you've got kind of a pump, and so you just kind of go up, and as they're swearing obscenities at you, you just kind of. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so we had that. We had the containment unit in a different part. This is a Yeti head. Um, and, yeah, we had, um, you know, giant mechanical spiders and dragons and just all sorts of wonderful things, uh, Mongolian death worms and, you know, wonderful things hanging around this mansion. We did it all at night, of course. Um, worked with an antiques dealer. So we, like, made, like, it was all candlelight and low light from the late 1800s, all these old lamps that we found. Uh, we made everybody dress up um, like they were turn-of-the-century wizards, so that was entertaining. And then we had to find out what was wrong with the northern-crested Dimmoth Munbacks. And uh, so it was this delightful puzzle hunt. Um, we ran it for about 80 people at once. I, I would say actually low capacity was it was better at about 50, 55, but the problem with these commercial theater things is that you don't really know until you run it. Uh, yeah, so, um, so you had to talk to all of these different um, uh magic experts. Uh, you had to talk to somebody who is a specialist in potions and someone who is a, a specialist in uh, spells. And, and they had these little workshops all around the room. And so you, we actually had um, physical puzzles as well. So there was one where we had, um, uh, oh, actually, I've got them. Let me show you. They're so fun. <laughs> Do I have? Oh, okay. I've removed... We've removed the speakers from these guys, um, but like these, these little plants here, um, you can sort of see they're, they're labeled on the back, um, but we put uh, mobile speakers in them so they would whisper things at you and you had to like listen. To oh, while you're walking around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had these plants that were whispering. Oh, that's cool. There was a puzzle involved with that. We had mandrakes. Of course, you had to repot mandrakes. We made these screaming potatoes. Oh, that was great. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, yeah, that was hilarious. And then we did, um, you had to test the levels of flotsam and jetsam in the water. And so we actually had test tubes and you had to figure out um, what was in the different test tubes by doing uh, scientific experiments. Um, and in, in the end, you had to figure out how to balance the ecology for, for the northern crested Dimmoth munbats so that we could save the munbats. Um, yeah, so anyway, so that's, that's what this all came out of. 
so when I knew that I wanted to build sort of a quick and dirty, something fast Kickstarter game, um, I wanted to house it in a world that I knew would encompass a lot of stuff. And actually, Sharon Biswas, who's one of the other writers, his idea, he was like, okay, I really want to write a wizard story. Can I put it in, you know, such and such a world like Magiscola? Um, and I was like, would you mind if we put it in the ASPMC? Because that's a world that Lizzie and I already own. We know everything that happens in that world. It's already tongue in cheek. We have a lot of these creatures and, and it, it expands nicely because it's an ecology, you know? So, uh, yeah, so, the, so that's how we created the American Society for the Protection of Magical Creatures. We moved them forward 130 years. And, um, and now uh, it was originally Henrietta Hemingway and Mina Phipps were working together uh, to try and save the Mundaks. And now 120 years later, uh, Carol Hemingway, uh, which is, uh, you know, Henrietta Hemingway's great, great niece, uh, has taken over the the head of the board. She's the board president, and they're kind of an ineffective nonprofit, but they they're doing their best, and they really so, want to. So they're a nonprofit. Period. <laughs> Period. And it's like it's especially funny to me because I work with museums, right? So like, so I was explaining this to a museum friend, and he's like, "This sounds like." every nonprofit I know. <laughs> I was like, oh, I know. It's <laughs> like, got the board and nobody knows how to do any of the technology. And so they're bringing on these interns and, you know, they, they keep breaking everything. And oh, I just thought that was really entertaining. So yeah, so, so that is the American Society for the Protection of Magical Creatures. And we are moving into the daring non-magical um, world of websites and yeah. that the funny thing is, I didn't realize there was so much history be behind it. I thought you made that all up for the Kickstarter. Oh, <laughs> like, oh, yeah. This has been going on forever. Wow. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I like, at least from 2017, you said you started it or? Yeah. Yeah. 2017. Yeah. It was an idea that I had actually back in 2015. And I was mm. just thinking like, you know how it is. You guys build stuff. And, you know, usually it comes down to like, hmm, what world do I want to live in now? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right? And I was like, um, I really want a magical fairyland with lots of, lots of creatures. And so, you know, that's what we built. And so you started the Kickstarter just at the very beginning of COVID when, it, when we all started to isolate. Was it in response to that? hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Like I really hit the ground running on that one. Um, yeah. And in, in fact, you know, like I, I'm sort of a bull in a China shop when it comes to stuff like that. So I was like, you know, okay, like, oh, things are happening hard. We need to build a game. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, let's go do anything for the world. Right? Like, oh God, hurry. There are people dying. We're going to build a game. <laughs> You know, but it's like, I don't know, like we do, we do what we can with what we have, you know, and it's like, and that's what I have in my pocket. I know how to build games. Um, and I also like, you know, so for me, it wasn't just like, I want to build a game, you know, because, because I'm a designer as well, but it was more like, I want to find a way to try and get some quick and dirty funds for my freelancer friends who are freaking out right now because it was before any of the like um, federal funding or, you know, unemployment had showed up. So like every freelancer friend of mine was like, oh, I can't pay rent. Um, yeah. So I just wanted something that was like as quick as I possibly could to get some money out to friends. Um, yeah. So, so that's, that's why I did the ASPNC. And, uh, and it, got, and it, 
and it got funded, uh, which was great. Yeah, and then some. It got funded. I think it was six hundred and seventy times what I'd asked for. So I was like, "Oh wow! Okay. Oh wow! percent." <laughs> yeah, six hundred and seventy percent, something like that. Yeah, I I had asked for twenty five hundred, and I pulled on um, five friends, and I was just going to give them five hundred dollars each. You know, five hundred dollars cash, quick and dirty. You know, let's build a game that'll be kind of crappy. Let's get it out the door. Um, so that was a challenge because instead we got seventeen thousand dollars, and I was like. <laughs> Uh, to get a bouncy castle, you know. I know. <laughs> I know. What the hell do I do with that? Right? <laughs> so, like, that was that was definitely a challenge. Um, yeah, this is so, great because now you can make more games. And that's exactly what I did. And that's exactly what I did. So, what I what I ended up doing was I was uh, I'd initially uh, wanted to hire five people, um, and I, instead I ended up hiring fifteen. Um, and the people who had sort of come on board with me at the very beginning with like a wing and a prayer, you know, like no idea if this was going to get funded. Um, so we split, we split it eight ways, you know, so, um, five for the, um, an initial five, um, they ended up getting like $2,000 each or something, which was, you know, like an actual, an actual fee for a game. Um, and then the rest we split up between all of the other freelancers that I pulled on. Um, yeah, which was kind of like, you know, okay, you know, well, do you do a song? Will you design a puzzle? Will you do this? Will you do that? You know, so, so, you know, uh, so it was a little bit, you know, more what I had intended to be able to spend on everybody. Um, yeah, so that was, that was interesting. So I thought I was going to be able to get sort of a crappy game out the door, not crappy, but you know, quick and dirty out the door. Um, <laughs> you know, right. Uh, this but, is, you know, a podcast. Everybody's going to listen to it. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I didn't mean crappy. I never meant crappy. I just meant like, the fastest thing we could possibly get out the door, right? Yes. Like I wanted to I wanted to do it as quick as we could. Um, but I didn't feel like I could do that when people had given us so much, you know, and like mm-hmm. so many people had given us so much. And I was like, oh, you guys didn't pay for Queen Dirty. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So my my my, you know, four week game, my six week game ended up becoming like a four month game. It was really a battle to get it out the door, but we were able to release the first one this week. Um, second one will come out hopefully within the next 10 days and the third one will come out within the next 14 days. And so we were able to get, you know, uh, three games out the door, um, plus like the website and the archive. So, yes. So that's what happened. Yeah, and if anybody has been story. to the website, uh, it's theaspmc.org. Hopefully I got that right. Yeah. Uh, there, yeah. There's some wonderful I don't know, art you, in there. You've been repeating it. like. <laughs> so yeah, but there's a dot often. in front of it now. The ASPMC. Oh, okay. Because yeah, yeah. like, you've been like, I'll, I'll ask Gerald what he's been up to. And then he'll be like, oh, yeah, just some ASPMC. And I'm like, I, how am I supposed to know what the hell what? that is? <laughs> But changed for the last two months. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, (laughs) I think you got the acronym down. Now you know. Now I I do know. Yeah. It was funny because when I was working with Kellyanne on this, she was worried that you were pushing me too much. That it's like, oh, can you get this out? And I was telling her, it's like, oh, you have no idea. This is... I've got I've got like like a month or two to put together six puzzles. This is like luxury. It's, it it just it was amazing. I mean, for me. 
It's amazing. Everybody has like really like such different work styles. And I think that's what I learned. Um, so like, first of all, I learned that, you know, um, COVID time is not normal production time, right? Like, I really think that like everybody and like myself included, I was at like 65% Kellyan. I feel like now I'm like inching up to like 75, 77% Kellyan. Um, you know, like just everybody not working at their normal capacity at all. Um, yeah. And so like, and with such a large team now, you know, like 15 people, I'm used to working with like three you know, um, so like learning everybody's different work styles. Um, so, so I had, you know, other people that were like, Oh my God, I can never get that out in a month. What are you talking about? You know, and Errol's like, I can do that in 10 minutes. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, wait, what? No, are you sure? <laughs> you know, so it's like, like 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, not 10, no, but really like, you know, it was, it was really interesting, like learning just everybody's pace and trying to match it. And, you know, it's like you work better with some people than you do with others. And it doesn't mean that their work is any better or, or worse. It just means that work styles match, you know, in different ways. Well, I think um, we had a good synergy. Don't want to use all these corporate words. It sounds like so fake, but it was like when I worked, you know, with Manpans, Mike and Ruby, uh, mm-hmm. it, I, it's, it was very fortunate because I didn't know the two people that came on. So uh, for our game, there are multiple games, as Kelly said in the, mm-hmm. in the SBMC. And in our game, we had a writer, we had an artist, we had myself for the puzzle design, and then we had Kellyan, who was our producer. And there was just the four of us. And it, it was a great team. I The nice reason team. I could put yeah, out puzzles so quickly is because I didn't have to worry about art. I didn't have to worry about story. I didn't have to worry about getting beta testers. I was so happy. <laughs> and, like, and that's something that I think I learned too, right? Is that like, mm-hmm. okay, three people and a producer, like, there we go. Like, that's the right size team for this kind of a project, you know, like, moves fast, you know, like, as long as everybody gets along together, it's like, I think that people are more accountable to each other when it's a nice small team like that. Um, So, yeah, I mean, talking about, like, building the plane as you fly it, right? But, um, yeah, but I I think, you know, future games for this project are just, you know, going to be much easier because now we know. Um, but the games that we got out the door are really nice. Like, wait until you play the second game. Like, the puzzles are really epic. Oh, They're no. really good. Cool. Uh, it was great. No, no, no. I haven't, I, I, I haven't played it yet. And I oh, do know, I did, right. some, I did, I did uh, contribute to the Kickstarter myself. So. Oh, that's <laughs> great. <laughs> that's great. So there you go. Thank you for your support. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's funny because as you said, you had your original team that you were going to, you were going to ask. And so I was like, oh, this sounds cool. I'll support it. And so I supported it. And then as soon as it was funded, you, you emailed me, Hey, um, you want to help design something? (laughs) And I thought to myself, Wait, Kelly, have you even played any of my stuff? Are you sure? Of course I played your stuff. <laughs> I, I didn't know. I actually There's don't the know. Cryptex Hunt. You know, yeah, I know, but yeah. I don't know who plays the Cryptex Hunt. And then I usually get people who are angry with me. So yeah. Oh, please. No, and then you had those great puzzles for, what was the, the it was like a movie, right? And you, you built a couple of the puzzles for that. Oh, oh the solver. solver. You played yeah. the yes, solver, solver ones too. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, we played the solver. Yeah. Yeah, that was a fun one too. (laughs) I know, right? So 
just to just to go back for a sec. Sorry, uh, just because Errol is no, 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 very... please, because Kelly and I are just talking like yeah. we know because we know what we're talking sorry, about, guys. but our listeners so, might yeah, so interrupt so... away, man, pans. Right, so so Errol is entrenched in this process, but I, I we should clarify. So this game that you have the on the ASPMC website is an ARG, correct? That's that's what we're doing, or uh... so I was so you know. Initially, when we had advertised it, we didn't know what it was going to be, right? So we were like, uh, we we're like, hey, it's a Kickstarter for a game. <laughs> <laughs> that was so, like, so we called it um, an ARG puzzle hunt because like, I wanted to get in this idea of storytelling because like, that's, that's really important to me. Like, as you know, as you can tell by my, by my Yeti head, um, you know, like I really like world building. That's like my favorite part of everything. So if I built a puzzle hunt that didn't involve like really solid art and characters and world building, then I would just feel like it wasn't, you know, like it wasn't a green door product, you know? Um, but I didn't know how much of an ARG it was going to be. Right. So like we kind of went into it and we're like, okay, so we're sort of a magical nonprofit. Um, I wanted to use, especially for the other game, um, uh, museum websites. Right. So, so the other game like takes you out of the website a lot and into, you know, other museum websites. Um, but it really ended up being much more of a puzzle hunt than an ARG, other than the fact that it is really like solidly couched in a world and we always use the voice of this world. Um, but somebody from ArcNet uh, tweeted about it today and he called it a, a mini ARG. And I was like, oh, thank you. That's a really nice way to say it. You know, there like, you <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not, I love bees, right? It's not like an epic, you know, like thousands of players, you know, stranger things kind of ARG. Um, but it still lives in a world, you know? Right. So, yeah, so you could call it like a, a mini arg or um, a narrative puzzle hunt. Oh, fun. So what what was the difference between this? Say, so you do big, we've, we've interviewed you, sorry, we've interviewed you before for, for Drosselmeyer. Um, and uh, so you do big immersive escape kind of theatrical events. What was, what were some of the major differences between say, organizing for that and organizing for something like this? Oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, I think the biggest difference was the deadline, right? Was, like, when you're building for these physical environments, it's, like, do or die. You know, like, the last game that I built with Lizzie last summer, um, Night Cafe, and, I mean, literally, we were, like, spreading mulch in the, like, oh, what a nightmare, but it worked, you know? So like we're in this big warehouse and we're spreading mulch as people are lining up outside. Like our set isn't done while people are lining up outside. And we're like, we need to take tickets and get people in. And we're like, the set is literally not done. And we're like, places, you know, like doors are opening, guys, figure it out, you know, and right. so like, we know a little oh, bit how that feels. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. And it's like, whatever, whatever we've got, we're running, we're running with that. That's what we're releasing. Um, and so like to create 
um, this type of a project, I also do a lot of custom stuff for museums and same stuff where it's like, you know, they've been advertising it and, you know, the deadline is the deadline, whatever we've got, we've got to run with it. Um, this was a Kickstarter and sort of my whole team sort of knew that it was a Kickstarter and they were like, oh, but it could be better. Oh, let's push it off. Um, you know, like people won't mind. And they didn't mind, but it was hard for me to get my brain around that. Right. You know, right. I was like, has to be outed in two weeks and you know and so like I send like a sheepish kick, like email out to people and it's really hilarious because like the email that I, I send out is like oh sorry we've had an infestation of um well, that's cute. Wasps, wasps and everybody's like oh okay <laughs> and I'm like <laughs> yeah meanwhile I've got I've gotten like three kickstarter emails from video games that I backed they're basically saying like yeah, we really underestimated how much time we needed for this. So <laughs> gonna come out in another two years or so. Two years. Whoa. Yeah. And I think that's the thing with Kickstarters is like the bar for delivery is so low. So the fact that I predicted a two-month production cycle and we got it out in four months, like for me personally, was devastating. But for Kickstarter people, they were like, oh, cool. <laughs> you know, like, right. It was only twice as long as I thought it was going to take. <laughs> so that was a big difference. <sighs> yeah. Cool. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> so I was wondering, now, is this mm -hmm. like a first, like your first Kickstarter project you've ever done? It's kind of my second Kickstarter project that I've ever done. Um, back um, in 2016, at the very first Club Drosselmeyer, um, when we had no idea what we were doing. <laughs> you know, like, now, we, now we still have no idea what we're doing, but we've done it before. You know, like back then, we were just like, here we go. Um, yeah, and you know, the, the thing about these types of productions, you guys understand as well, you know, is that like, when you're doing these big theatrical productions, the overhead is just boggling, right? It's like, okay, hey guys, I'm going to do this production. And uh, I don't know if it's going to work. I've never done anything like this before. Um, overhead, $20,000. <laughs> yeah. Like, all coming out of my pocket. Hope it works. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I'm not independently wealthy, so that was a little bit nerve-wracking. So uh, I... Um, I did like sort of a little bit of a Kickstarter um, for the very first Drosselmeyer. And we made, you know, I think we made $2,500, which was just enough for us to break even. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we, we survived. We survived the first year of Dross. We were That's very great. fortunate in our first events. One, because we didn't have as many actors as you did, because we weren't as... Wow, you had an insane amount of actors. And two, I we know. had like Ridiculous. we had like four lawyers. So that was amazing. <laughs> lawyers have money. <laughs> well, no, no. Not so much that they have money. No, I'm they, joking. They, I'm they, didn't, they didn't really, they weren't, you know, they, we, uh, they didn't like, you know, we didn't like milk them for all the money they have. No, no. no. But no. they brought with them right. the law expertise that we all had to worry about. Like when you go and, oh, we need to rent a building. We need to get insurance. We yeah, need and our, need our waiver was ironclad. We were sure <laughs> of that. Oh, I bet. I bet it was. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, like, the, it really, I don't know, it's like, it's a benefit and a drawback. Like, the, you know, I'm, I'm an avid swing dancer, and uh, we sort of had, like, a rotating cast of characters in our swing dance scene. And at one point, we just ended up with a lot of lawyers. Um, <laughs> and our 
our dances just got very complicated. (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly have all of these waivers and it's like, you know, like they have board meetings and they just take hours and hours. It's like, I don't know if this is is kind of overkill, maybe. Yeah, we've had So you had two artists do all the art or who or did you have a wasn't that crazy? Oh yeah. We had two wonderful overworked artists. (laughs) How many how many creatures did they draw? There seems to be so many of them. There's so many of them. And again, this was me being dumb with our Kickstarter (laughs) because like yeah, so so initially I was, you know, again, I was thinking that we were only going to have a couple of people. So I was like, hey, guys, if you give us a lot of money, if you give us like $150, which is a lot of money, um, th- give us a description and we'll create a creature for you, you know. And I was thinking we'd have like three or four of these at the very most. <laughs> and so I didn't, I didn't cap it. We got 18. <laughs> oh, wow. Is that why there's so many creatures? 18, 18, I know. And like, literally, like, so we got, we got all of them in. I think we've got 16 out and we're waiting on two. Um, And I just got an email from my artist today and she's like, I'm tired and I'm going on vacation. Can I, can you you please give these last two creatures to someone else? And I was like, yes, good on you. Thank you for creating like so much art. Um, yeah, so gosh, so poor, poor Emily. And she was so good natured through the whole thing. And just like, oh, such high quality, like every creature that came out was just absolutely beautiful. Um, and Annie Chong was the other artist and, uh, and they created some of the creatures and they'll probably end up creating the rest. Sorry, Annie. (laughs) But, uh, but they did all the site design, you know, so like all the stuff with sort of like the magical books and the backgrounds and, you know, they did a lot of the puzzle, uh, the visuals for for the second game as well. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, my artists were just epic, really, really talented people. Ooh, Sorry, uh, Errol, Errol inhaled. And, and then, you know, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm scared to ask questions because you know that will just, just, just derail into me and Kelly what? talking again. What? So we're. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a talker. Sorry, guys. No, 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 no. I'm a talker too. But we're gonna talk like everybody else already knows what we're talking about. So I'm trying to yeah, stop. That's from okay. Me I from doing no, no, no. <laughs> I will interrupt you as the dummy in the audience who's like, you know, like what's the magical creature or something like that? So if I feel that not enough is being explained, I, me or Mike or Ruby will definitely interrupt you. Yeah. <laughs> well, so one thing that's super interesting, Ruby, you asked me if I'd ever done the Kickstarter before. And I was like, nah, kind of, right? Like we made a little bit of money for drafts back in 2000, I think it was 2015 actually that we've done that. Um, and then we did the ASPMC, but what I'm seeing right now um, is that like my Kickstarter did way better than I ever expected. And then there's a lot of other Kickstarters with similar content, right? So like narrative puzzle hunts that are also doing really well. So I just think that Kickstarter might be a really good place for our kind of content right now. Um, people that are really hungry for that kind of content, they're just hanging out on Kickstarter. They just see it there a lot. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, well, so I think I'm actually... Yeah, oh, I, I was going to say, so uh, I'm, I'm designing for Club Drosselmeyer. So the ASPMC is out the door and Club Drosselmeyer is in. So uh, and I think I'm actually going to run Club Drosselmeyer because um, I've got to prefund it now. Um, because previously, you know, you build the whole thing and then you sell all the tickets and then you sort of you know pay for everything. But I won't be able to do that this year. I've got to you know, set up all the recording ahead of time. Um, so I think I'm going to try and kickstart that one. 
and, and see if people are willing to support us to build it. So is this going to be still the in real life version? So, or no? No. Oh, oh, oh interesting. No. Oh, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, so this is going to be an online club Drosselmeyer or something like that? No. No. It is not going to be online either. Um, oh, this wow. is going to no, be... I'm... Oh, are you secret? intrigued? Yeah, yeah. Are you intrigued? What are you do? <laughs> all right, all right. Well, I will tell you then. I will tell you. I was keeping a little on the DL, but now that ASTMC is out, you know, like I'm ready to start talking a little better. Um, yeah, so I am in the process. I'm working with a couple of different people um, to create um, Claude Drosselmeyer, a 1943 first ever live radio broadcast. Oh, oh fun. fun. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to do, um, so we're, we're working with our musicians to record our album. Um, so we're going to have, um, I believe we'll have like recorded music, but we'll have live actors. Um, and so we will run the whole show live so that people can tune in. Um, and we think that there's going to be sort of a trifecta of how people will interact with us. Um, so we are really interested, of course, in having some objects, you know, either mailing people objects or having objects that can be downloaded. Um, and we also think, you know, uh, uh, Drosselmeyer Industries has like a really solid call center. You know, I was like, going to oh, say, yeah, are we going to get yeah. to call into the show? Of course you are. Of course you are. So you're going to be calling Drosselmeyer Industries, you know, and you'll get like yeah. the operator, like, you know, like, like in this nasal or something like Drosselmeyer yeah. Industries, how may I direct you a call? Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so we're really excited about um, playing with, like, uh, what can be done with audio, both, like, in, um, you know, radio recording phones, um, recorded phones, like, what, you know, what can you do with a telephone? Um, and that sort of, you know, fits into that, that 1943 technology. Uh, actually, 43 fits really well because there were a lot of things there that sort of link in. Like, I, I wasn't planning on going on to 43. I was planning on going back to that 39. It was a, it was a set of four years. Mm-hmm. Um, but 1943 was, it was kind of a slog. You know, uh, you know, both Canada and the U.S. had been in this war for a couple of years, and it wasn't clear when it was going to end or if it was going to end. It really hadn't been hadn't been turning. There was no word about when D-Day was coming in, and both countries had lots of air raid uh, drills. But this was like a really common thing, um, mostly on the coasts. It didn't happen in the center very much, um, but both on you know east and west coasts, it was like okay, air raid drill. Everybody in, shut off all of your lights. Be quiet. Turn in. Tune into your radio for the next two hours, and if you're lucky, you won't get bombed. Um, that was sort of a reality of people in 1943. Um, but it was also uh, there was also I'm not sure how it worked in Canada, but in the United States, they had the Civil Air Defense, uh, which was how uh, communities were sort of rallying in defense. And it was ironic because, like you know, as it turned out, there really was no huge threat the way that. Uh, uh, the Japanese didn't have the capability to get to the U.S. again. Um, and the Germans were actually planning, if they could do it, they were coming through Mexico. So they would have come through, like, Arizona, which is, nobody was paying attention to that. And so, like, all the stuff that was happening in, like, L.A. and New York at the time um, was more for morale 
right? Uh, and so everybody, like, they had their roles of, like, how they were doing civil air defense. And so you had your air raid wardens, and then you had your um, your air raid dispatchers, um, and then you had your fire watchers, and then you had people who were trained in uh, driving, and you were mechanics. And, and it really reminds me a lot of what people locally are doing with mutual aid societies right now. Um, where, where everybody's sort of pulling together and it's like, does it really make a difference if you go out shopping and deliver a meal for this person? I'm not sure, but it makes people feel like they are pitching in together to do something. Um, yeah, so so I kind of I liked the echoes between the two years. Wow, Great. so that's really cool. And, that's, and you're going to put a Kickstarter together now that you have all this experience? Wow, you're, <laughs> you're a busy person, aren't you? <laughs> I do my best. I do my best. Well, I'm not going out and dancing, I'll tell you that much. So, like, I've had something to do when the sun goes down. Yeah. So ASPMC, it's almost like you have, like, because you said there are three games involved in it. So it's almost like you have an escape room in a way, just all online and, and have different rooms within that facility and that. How was it? Uh, we, you kind of touched on an earlier working with the different designers, but as far as the style of games, are they stylistically very different or? Totally different. Okay. <laughs> totally different. I love that. I love that. Like that, I'm really, I'm excited about that. And I okay. want to see more of that. When you say you know? like, I love that, that sounds like an unexpected, like, oh, they're different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was it was really unexpected, you know? And I think just because I'd never done it before, right? Like I, like, and typically I design my own work, you know? Um, and so I'm, I'm not used to bringing in all of these other designers. Um, and, and it just never occurred to me that like, as I bring in other designers that I would see three games that were so like completely different from each other, um, but that still fit perfectly into the world. You know, like all of them, all of them like are, absolutely at home in this world of you know magical creatures you know so um yes it's kind of kind of fun to see how everybody's interpreting stuff yeah no no it is as i said before it was really it was really great working with karen and dawood as we did the as a and it and it just went really smoothly i was always i was wondering it's like are we both puzzle designers because i wasn't too sure at the beginning i wasn't really too sure how it was all working (laughs) at the beginnings can you help us and i just said sure I yeah. get any details. Excellent. I love it. I love it. What are we doing? I don't know. We're building a house. It's going to be great. We're carrying lumber. Come on and over. So, and, and you mentioned before that Dawood also created some puzzles and stuff. So, so, oh, is he helping out with puzzles too? And he's like, um, and in the end, he's just like, no, no, I'm good with what I'm doing. You go for it. It's like, oh, okay, that's good too. But then he was still able, it was great to hear everybody's feedback. And then we could easily work that into the puzzle. It was it was nice. Yeah. He was very open. It's like, uh, Dawood, can you change things? And Manda knows this, where I say, can you change this to match the puzzle? And then he would. <laughs> so it was yeah. Great. Yeah, yeah, he's really a dream to work with. Karen, too, you know, yes, just like yeah. so easygoing, you know, like, you know, and like, you know, obviously, like we, we work in an industry where it's not like people are ah, divas. Oh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> 
really not. You know, like in, in general, I don't think I've ever had a really bad experience working with anybody in the puzzle world. You know, like none of us are doing this for the money, right? You know, like we're doing this because we love it. You know, we're, we're not, you know, none of us are going to be famous for this. And, and we, um, we take pride in putting out, we want to put out something good. So yeah, exactly. yeah, it's like, it, it, yeah. So I was, it was, it was great working with all of you and, and I was still, again, just happy that it went very smoothly because uh, Dawood put in like an insane amount of work. Dawood went I know, wild. I know. Yeah, he really did. He really did. Yeah, I ended up having to pull extra budget for all of the extra hours that he was putting in yeah. too. You know? he, was, like, he was building the website. He yeah. drew some animals for us. He just went, he did some yeah. programming and then he did almost all the videos. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. What an overachiever, man. Yeah. Yeah. But, so uh, a lot yeah, of but we got a great game out of it. In our game. Yeah. I, mean, yeah, I don't really know what the other game is like. I don't know what the other game is like. So, well, okay. so for this first game, um, like for for uh for the ship, uh, the um, uh, Moodus markings game, um, we have five actors, I think, and for the I don't really uh, count. As an actor, just, just you do. You totally count as an actor. You yeah, count as an actor. I've worked with you like seen, three on three you shows. Have seen me there. <laughs> it's great. You have blue hair and a chicken. Yeah, it was great. I, yeah, Errol didn't end up using. <laughs> yeah, Errol. Errol didn't end up using this, but like one day I walked out into the backyard because I live in Errol's basement, and um, I'm like going to do my laundry, and Errol's just sitting there looking crazy-eyed at a camera. Uh, like reciting lines no he didn't have the chicken at that point but he was like i yeah and and i was like should i should i come back actually i I did use that take what i didn't use were all the takes of me with chickens you didn't use the chicken take no i didn't use it because because i did use it for photographs though just for the photographs but i do have uh, some footage of me with chickens that we didn't use (laughs) that's great yeah, we used five. Yeah, five actors. For the first one, we used more uh, musicians. We had two musicians for the, for the other one, which was kind of fun. Um, so just one actor for the other one. And then we had the two different musicians. We commissioned um, a, a, a specific song, which was really fun. Somebody wrote a song for us for the second game. Oh, nice. That was exciting. Yeah. That yeah, so it's key. it's it's very, and then you the third one I think are you allowed to say because it's more of a scavenger hunt or I I am allowed to say okay. yeah I mean so the third one um was a little bit more of a um location based game and 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 I designed that one because everybody was having so much fun I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> like you guys are having so much fun. I want to play. So I called on a couple of other friends, and I was like, "Okay, this is what we're gonna do." Um, yeah. So, so the third one is a location-based game, and we are tracking the urban porter mink. Um, yeah. So, so the urban porter mink um, is uh, a magical creature um, which has been gone for an awfully long time. It has not been you know, seen, um, in urban areas, but what with COVID, um, and the changing ecosystem, there have been reported sightings of these urban porter mates. And so we're going to try and figure out where they are. We're going to try and document them. And, uh, and here I can, I can sort of show you 
what the lair of an urban porter mink looks like. It's uh, a little all these spoilers. We get draw some. No, you guys. I know you guys get spoilers. Okay, are you ready? It'll, it'll just it'll just be it'll just be a, a visual. Oh, cute. Oh, so. It's a green door. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so that's going to be. Oh, got it. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody who's listening to this in New England, don't listen. It's, you know, it'll be, I think it'll be a really fun game for, um, I think it'll be a really fun game for people with kids, you know, because it's something that you can sort of do outside. And so, like, as you go oh, into, cool. you can kind of see it. So, like, these little things that like sort of go behind the doors and like yeah i think it's gonna be really fun yeah so again so different than the other games right the the other games are like um yeah and so we've we've had a lot of fun and i I worked with a a friend who's also a fabricator we've been like building up all this crazy stuff that we're hiding in places that's really that sounds cool yeah Yeah, also uh our artist uh karen so she was all, she's a street art installation kind of person, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So she was also outside uh just drawing on <laughs> and pictures, drawing on the sidewalk, doing different things. It, it's funny you're yeah. you're mentioning I was mentioning before that I didn't really know what was happening. I also didn't really know who the audience was. And so Kellyanne had to rein me in for a level of difficulty. No! <laughs> Say it ain't so. It was usually such a judge of, judge of that. <laughs> it worked, though. It worked. And that's one thing is that, like, I feel like, you know, the, the puzzles that you build. I mean, gosh, somebody tweeted about it today. And they were like, wow, these puzzles are so accessible. So, ha, there you go. Yeah. There you go, Amanda. <laughs> Like somebody, total stranger, unprompted, specifically said, Errol's puzzles are delightful and accessible. Well, it's it's like when I watch my favorite, like, if I watch my favorite filmmakers or favorite TV, like there's a TV showrunner out there um, where I realize when he's left on his own or when they're left on their own, they go wild and crazy. And it's like, you actually, and you realize all the stuff that you liked is when they had a partner who kind of just like pulled them back a little bit and said like, true, oh, wow. okay, yeah, that's the true. I literally like, I, I have sent emails in this process in which I say, um, dear team, my name is Kellyan, killer of dreams, destroyer of visions. You are Watch the producer. I, I am the producer. Watch as I kill your darlings. Yeah. You know, and they were like, "Oh, ha, ha, ha. and I was like, Shh. "Yeah, <laughs> you know, because things just expand." Like, I'd like to know. create a rainbow side. The money can pay for a plank of wood on a cinder block. <laughs> you know, right? How much can you do with a cinder block? Like, let's get creative yeah. yeah yeah so that was that was definitely you know so it's like it's hard sometimes to be the killer of dreams it is um, oh yeah um, poor kelly and i i mean the because we we worked on the meta first that's what you what you have to do yeah, and yeah and then we and then, and then i and then i showed kelly in the meta and she was like what <laughs> what 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 it was hard. It was hard. <laughs> it was, yeah, I was like, 
but but we we yeah yeah I mean he he hacked and sliced and tied that sucker up and like and I I think it's very accessible now. Oh, and, I and we think it's a, lot, a little bit hard and, still. <laughs> It's hard. It's hard, but we've had a lot of we've had a lot of testers. And also, the other thing that was really good about um, the game that you guys built was I thought the hinting system was really nice. Um, the hinting system for the second for the second one is also very nice, you know. But it's like you guys just had a lot of steps of hints. I, I forget what it was, but I was doing something with my husband. We were going through a puzzle thing, and we realized how much we lean on hints and how much we really like hints, and how that doesn't bother us at all. Um, and how like doing a game without hints is so much less fun for us because then we're just standing around being like, I'm stuck. I can't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, That's no fun. Like, I just want to know what the story is. Well, what I, what I like about the multi-level hints that I, and I saw in Tales of War and I see it on a, on sites, like, uh, mm-hmm. there's a website called UHS hints for like old adventure games. And it's oh, great nice. because sometimes you need like just a nudge. You just need a yeah. tiny little nudge. You don't need right like multiple steps laid out for you, you i'm just like yeah just, don't tell me the answer right yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. and tales of war is a great example right of like a, yeah. just a really good great hinting example. system yes. you know it yeah. just you know it scales really nicely you know and we we weren't sure we weren't 100 percent sure who our um audience was that was really interesting you know for Clem drosselmeyer i have a much better handle on who's going um and for this Gosh, some of the people that like showed up were like really exciting, right? Like we got um, somebody whose address was just like exploding kittens. Oh, um, cool! Yeah, and we were like, "What? Like, how are you connected to exploding kittens? And how the heck do you know about us?" Um, but like, so we we sort of did the numbers, and and again, like my my community here in Boston, I, I really you know I lean on them for when I re- release stuff, and. Uh, yeah, so, so we printed the thing out and I, you know, out of, you know, 330 people, I think maybe only 15% of them were friends or even people that I knew tend- tangentially. And so I reached out to the rest of the team and I was like, guys, do you know these guys? Um, and I put them on a spreadsheet and I was like, please mark the people you know, because I want to know who these guys are. Um, and even when the rest of my team marked everybody off, it was still maybe only 20% people we knew. I was like, where are these people nice. coming from? Like, how did you find out? Yeah, I don't, and I, I don't have the answer to that, you know? And so I've got people who are emailing me from the West Coast and from the Midwest and, you know, from England and France. And, and I'm like, well, this is really exciting. I have no idea how you found us. Cool. Yeah, so the benefit cool. of Kickstarter, I think, yeah. 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 I just noticed now that Mike and I have similar kind of T-shirts. Uh, how? Well, no, look. A peace sign, and I. Oh wait, no, I'm not wearing that T-shirt now. Okay, forget it. Sorry. <laughs> I, I was like, <laughs> like those yeah, are entirely like, different. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, I am like, uh, cause my, cause my, cause I wore it this morning, and then, then I worked out, and then I changed, and I forgot I changed. Something oh, you had this shirt. Right? Yes, I had the, I had the love shirt, and so I oh. thought. Oh, I'm matching with Mike, and now I just realized I'm not. And it's the same color, and I can't see it because I just see my little thumbnail. Oh, it's funny. You were like adamantly holding up your shirt, like, look at it. Like, you're wearing a shirt, and I'm wearing a shirt too. Like, we're both clothed. (laughs) Arrow designed all the puzzles. 
was wondering where that one was going. <laughs> I'm like, is Totoro like peace? Is that where we're going with this? Well, if anyone's, anyone's Wait, doing the uh, Room Escape D with Bingo for derailing, Errol just derailed the podcast. So there you go. Take a drink. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Yeah, but I think the MVP probably would be Dawood because he like. Yeah, set up, I'm not going to lie. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not lying either. <laughs> he was really he good. He set everything up and then just did tons of work it just like oh. i know and he could just do everything well it's like it really made me think about how useful it is to know how to program at all right like just to have like even like a little bit of program programming background and and Dawood was like and and Dawood is he's uh, an opera singer like so his background yeah. is he's an yeah, yeah. So he's an opera oh, no. singer, and he—he's uh, the dad. <laughs> oh, you just said the match. Errol's Errol's already writing the song in his head that that would now sing. <laughs> oh no, that would void. We should ask yeah. him. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's uh, that's how he and his met, uh, his wife met was that they were both in music school together. So he's um, he's a public historian and a uh, and an opera singer um, and an actor. And um, and he just just so happened to learn how to code this year. And he's like, I think I can figure this out. So it's one of those things where it's like, you know, pandemic time. So people have a little more time and they're like, I think now I'm going to learn how to code. He coded the entire thing. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, I have a question for both of you, actually. So Errol mentioned, like, at the beginning of this, when, when, when Kellyan was talking about her history with, with the world that she built. Um, you know, you mentioned like, you know, it was like as far back as 2015 when you even just started thinking about this, building it. So it's been over the course of like four or five years that this world has come into being. And Errol was um, complete, um, not completely unaware of this fact, but uh, completely unaware of the, or unaware of the, the depth or the length of time. You can say that I'm completely unaware of many things. It's okay. Okay, but... <laughs> My question is, so for Errol and Kelly, I guess, um, so what was it like, because you basically got the tip of the iceberg of the world, so what was it like designing within that framework? Like, how much did Kelly and give you, and Kelly, and how much did you, like, whenever you saw the puzzles, how much feedback did you have to give so that you could make sure it still fit in your world as well, given that you're the one that knows it best, and... Well, for me, it's actually very simple because Daoud wrote the story. He was in charge of the narrative. He was in charge of the any world building, all the characters. He basically, like when I needed a needed to write out something that uh, a character would say, I would just do a rough draft and says, okay, I want them to say something like this, but these are the important parts. And then he would make it into the character that would say it, right? So it was actually quite simple for me uh, because he he wrote out the story as well first, and I just followed that. So I think it's mostly between Kellyan and Daoud to figure out what fit within the ASPMC world. Well, it was pretty handy because, as it turned out, Daoud was one of the actors who played <laughs> Mr. Emerson Bradley in 2017. So he oh. knew the world really well. Well, yeah, so, um, <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> Question answered. Yeah. Very easy. yeah, yeah. So I did not have to do much at all 
you know, because because uh, Daoud already knew the constraints. But even but the but the second game as well, the writer is Sharon Bezos, and he uh, is doing a, a great job. You know, despite the fact that he didn't see the original show, um, but he's really been able to keep everything nicely within the world. And I you know have really never even had to go in and, and be like, oh, that doesn't fit. Um, sometimes it does things that I'm surprised about. You know, like uh like one of the characters, he's like, oh, I was a researcher in 1975, and I was like, 90s. 75 and then I was like oh, all right why not you know like it's just nice to work with people who are you know thinking differently than you are because like, of course why shouldn't there be a researcher in 1975 that's not a big deal um yeah so uh so is that so a long time ago for you is that why that's no one so... was alive no. back then <laughs> no! no god no other way around no because like I really love building these visual worlds um, and to me, the seventies is just sort of like the black pit. Of the design. I just, I just can't, I just can't do anything with the color orange 70s. and brown. <laughs> oh, it's hideous! It's hideous. And so I really, I really avoid the seventies. What like about what about wood paneling? That, oh God! Oh, it's so bad, right? I mean, it's so awful, and it's like I don't understand it. Like when you look at any of the the filming that they did at that time, and you're like, okay, like. 30 years before, they had these silver screen, like black and white, really high resolution movies. So why am I looking at something in orange where I'm focusing so so seriously on the wrinkles in your young face? I don't understand it. Like how did the how did the quality get so bad? Why was that a thing? Anyways, I'm sorry, I digress. Other people can also take a drink if they want to know like how to dilute how to derail a, a podcast. Anyways, 70s. I don't typically like to build things in the 70s. Um, which is why when 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 Sharon mentioned that that's when this other researcher came from, I was like, ah! You know, um, but in fact, it, it, what, it was he, Was it because you got an image of him in like, an bell bottoms. shirt and bell bottoms. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. It's just a brown shirt, low cut, really <laughs> wide, wide lapel, Horrible and just, mustache, oh, greasy, overexposed film, and oh, yeah. But but that's not at, that's not at all what happens. So there you go. Great. Yeah. <laughs> So, but you know how it is. It's like, you know, you have some, you have so many prejudices as a producer that it's like, what? We can't possibly do that. And, you know, the prejudices that you have are so silly, right? For me, it's like literally the 70s. Like, I'm going to make prejudices. Like, no, never, never designing anything for that era. Um, but, yeah. but, uh, Next challenge. Yeah, but, oh, my God. Yeah, when other, but, you know, when, when other when other writers come in, then they kind of, you know, push you one way or the other. Um but you know how it is. It's like, like I said, you know, you build things in the world that you want to live in. You know, like yeah. you try and <laughs> and you don't and you don't want to live in the seventies. I don't want to live in the seventies. I refuse. That's oh, just so sad. Anyways, sorry. To, Sorry to take you guys into that dark <laughs> pathway of my brain. Uh, so back to ASPMC and the non-70s look about it. Back um, to the ASPMC. Yeah. After you've done the like this process and everything, is there anything you'd do different next time when, when building your next mini ARG or narrative puzzle hunt at all? Um, I think I know now to keep the team small. Um, so, so that was really an important lesson for me. Um, so like, uh, uh, one of my teams was six and then, um, and then one of my teams was 
three. Um, and then the other one was three. Um, and I would say that the, the, the three people team, uh, person teams, uh, just so, so much easier, I think for everybody, right. It, it, it just, you know, it, it was just easier for everybody. Um, you know, like my, my purpose was to be able to raise money, to give money to everybody to build something nice. Um, and so I was purposely expanding that, but I didn't expand it in the right way. You know, I, I should have expanded it by building another game, you know, and then hiring on three more people for that, that third game rather than padding one of the games with so many people that was hard for everybody, I think. Um, yeah, but I mean, in general, like the teams were so wonderful. Like we had such a great, such a, such a great group of people. Like they were so delightful. And I mean, and I would also say, um, you know, I, I put people to work at just the worst time in the world. You know, it was like, Hey guys, it's the beginning of the end of time. Let's get to work. You know, some may say that, you know, the more worse time than that may be the 70s, but, you know. Some- <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, so, so you have a choice. 2020 amongst COVID, amongst Trump, amongst everything, or the 70s. Oh, God. It <laughs> is a really difficult choice. That is a really, that is a really difficult choice. I mean, everybody, everybody did a really great job, you know, like they, and of course, you know, most of my team was, um, well, no, I would say, so, so the first, the first team that I worked with, um, where we decided we were going to do this, we started right out of the gate, right at COVID. Um, two of the team was in New York city, right? Um, three were in Boston, um, and one was in San Francisco, right? So it's like we've got two in like hardcore lockdown in the middle of New York City in March, right? And it's like, oh my God, like anybody who survived that has gone through a war, you know? And and then three of the team were in Boston who was faring not as badly as New York, but pretty bad. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, like, the fact that, like, that first team was sort of able to, like, function and build something so beautiful in such a bad time is just such a testament to their willpower <laughs> in general. And by the time we got to uh, the, the, the second game, which was Errol and Daoud, things had eased off just a little bit, you know, at least in New England, you know, and there was this sense of, like, okay, there's unemployment, you know, like, there's health insurance. Like, you know, we, we had a better sense of like what the disease was and what it was going to do. Um, so it's, you know, it's less terrifying now than it was in March. Nice. Yeah. So I'm just looking at the time. We're at about an hour. So we should uh, probably wrap it up because people have bedtimes. And like bedtimes. Ruby. Are you Ruby in ha- bed, man, pants? No, but Ruby has to rest. <laughs> yes. Uh, but th- so thank you so much for for joining us today and for sharing your ARG. Um, yes. One thing, I guess, a final question I'll have is if you have any advice for people who would like to make their own ARG type things, what <sighs> advice would you give them? We don't. My. We don't, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. My advice is ship the damn game. That's my advice. <laughs> Just ship it. Send that sucker out there. 
You know, because the difference between a, a dreamer and a novelist is one game, right? You know, it's, it's, uh, the, uh, one, it's one book, right? That's the difference between somebody who talks about the novel and somebody who's a novelist, you know? Just get the game out there, even if it's not perfect. There you go. Thank you so much. And if people want to find it, Errol, do you want to repeat that? Oh, uh, it's the, T-H-E. Remember to put that in front of it because I always forget. And then I put in ASBMC and then I get some unsafe site. So. Oh, we will never know what oh, the website is. org. Did I freeze on everybody? You did. Oh, I did yeah. freeze. I'm sorry. Yeah, I did. Okay, yeah. Because I got excited if you remember how my mic works. Anyways, as I was saying before, the. You need a the because if, I, if you actually just put an ASMPSC, then it just will not work. So you have to put the ASMPC.org. I think you said, I, is that right? It's, it's, it's the ASPMC. Did I? Yeah. Did you I said ASMPC. Oh, did I really? I, I messed did, it I up. Yeah. You oh, did. Everybody's confused you know what? now. The description, oh, no. Now we've got to change the website. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. ASMPC. Oh, you're right. Oh, I exactly. did. Exactly. Going oh, back to GoDaddy. You got to buy a new oh. URL. <laughs> yeah, you probably should have bought all the different combinations of those letters. <laughs> and and just variation. Important thing there's a the in front of it. Right. Right. I stole that from nonprofits. You know, I was trying to figure out. Um, like what, what a lot of the, you know, cause I work with a lot of museums and so, um, like, like old North church, we just built a game with them. Um, and, uh, old North is some other, like old North church is some other non-historic site, um, in Tennessee. And so they did the old North, um, and like trustees of the reservation trustees is something else. And they did the trustees. And I was like, all right, that's it. We are the ASPNC. So. Same thing with the codex. Oh, .ca. I know. I, I screw that. <laughs> oh. I go to codex.ca. I get some weird IT thing yeah. going on. Yeah, no. Put the in front of the, it. The yeah. codex. codex. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, Room Escape Divas is brought to you by Inverse Genius. You can go to inversegenius.com to find other fun podcasts just like this one. You can also email us at roomescapedivas at gmail.com ruby's holding up something uh ice cream oh oh it's cute oh that's cute uh and uh you can go to facebook and click the like button on the room escape divas facebook page and if you are using twitter you can use the hashtag redivas thanks guys Bye bye. <laughs>